Welcome and bienvenidos a todos to Our Football. My name is Eugene Rupinski. I am here, as always, with my co-host Adriana Terrazas. Adriana, how are you? I'm so proud of us because we started recording like just as soon as we logged on the Zoom. <laughs> and we never get to do that. And now Amy has these great like outtakes for whenever she wants and she can just like use them anytime. Um kind of threaten us like threaten us with with, with using them against us because Black I have no mail. idea. Yeah, you can yeah, <laughs> exactly. Blackmail. Yeah, no, I mean but other than that, I'm good. <laughs> How yeah. are you, Eugene? Uh I'm nervous now. Um <laughs> <laughs> nah, I you know we We trust Amy. Yeah, of course. And you know, we're just we're you know, just uh, talking about uh, some of the stuff that we're going to talk about tonight. Um, uh, got a pretty full plate on uh, on the agenda. So I guess we'll just kind of jump right into it. I think the uh, the biggest news of the week and, and it, it's it's you know, it's always hard starting out on, um, you know, a difficult note like this, but uh, it it was announced yesterday that the transfer of Scarlett Camberos from Club America to Angel City FC in the United States and the NWSL had gone through. Um, the club, uh, Club America, posted a a rather lengthy um, notice about um, you know they they I don't think they were even getting anything in return for her, but they wanted to do what was right um, for her and and made the most sense for her and for her safety. Uh, you know, so that was good. Um, I, it's a, it is a difficult, difficult situation for everybody to be in. And it's, it's tough, but I'm, I'm glad that Scarlett is going to someplace where hopefully she will feel safe. Mm -hmm. It was, um, I mean, I, I, just looking at like at this on the bright side, you know, the glass half full, like the response of fans everywhere was understanding how difficult it was. I mean, what what's most frustrating was the fact that the club tried to intervene with authorities, the league tried to do as well. Obviously the player did everything she could to um, make sure that authorities had all the information needed to just go forth and end with this, with this problem. But um, fans really realized that, the whole legal system here is is lacking in the understanding of these types of crimes. And the only thing this guy got was a 36-hour house arrest. So yeah. understanding that, I think we all kind of saw this coming. It was just, um, it seemed as though it was going to be the natural thing to find a way to, to make sure that Scarlett was safe because it really, like, once you saw everything authorities could do, which is practically nothing, um, you just, you, you, you can't live that way. Right. So understanding that Scarlett had the opportunity of going, um, uh, back to California where she's from and getting an opportunity to continue her professional career. It just seems as the logical thing to do. Um, despite again, how frustrating it is to understand that this was uh, like, again, the, the legal system is totally lacking in anything that has to do against, um, any sort of violence against women. So it, I, I I was proud to see so many fans speak up and understand that this was a problem that was just out of the hands of the league, of the club. Um, despite everything they tried to do to protect Scarlett and to help her out, it was just sadly such a big problem that um, it's not something they can do on their own. Hopefully, um, we also saw some players, Selena Cortez, for instance, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, Selena Cortez, uh, mentioning how 
um, this is a common thing for so many players and most of them don't have the opportunity of going to play somewhere else and just get away from these kinds of issues. So um, just trying to highlight that and make sure that this is just um, the first time we, we hear something like this, a player having to make this really difficult decision of going to play in another league in another country. Because again, so many players just can't do that. It's either not playing at all or, or trying to deal with this. So if we're trying to look at this positively, it means that club, the clubs, the league, and hopefully the authorities will understand that there is so much that needs to be done to make sure that this doesn't happen again. Um, not only for professional players, for women in general, and understand that this is an ongoing problem in, and it just can't continue this way. So uh, again, trying to think of the glass half full, this is probably um, a situation which will end up being um, like the, the source of so many other things, hopefully many other uh, regulations getting set and just being applied in general to protect women and make sure that this obviously doesn't reach players um, as it has previously. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've got a, I've got a lot of thoughts and I, you know, I want to preface this by just kind of stating, you know, I, I'm obviously, you know, I, I'm a man, I'm, I'm an American. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, this is obviously not something that is really my place to speak on. Um, but it is worth noting that this is a kind of well-known problem in in Mexico. Um, you know, I, I read a statistic yesterday that in, two, in 2022, uh, the estimated national femicide rate in Mexico was uh, 1.43 per 100,000 women, which is just crazy. And, you know, if we are looking at it at a glass half full kind of thing, um, Scarlett had the one of the largest institutions, sporting institutions in Mexico, doing everything that they could to work with the authorities um, to help her, at, you know, and to bring some sort of legal um, end to to this, to to get this person, um, you know, put into custody. And 36 hours was all they got. And, you know, I, I worry about people who don't have the backing of a Club America, you know, mm -hmm. or who aren't famous soccer players, you know, yeah. um, it's it's just I think the institution did it, did it as best as they could um, and, and they should be credited for it. But I think, like you said, this this is something that just has to change. It has to change for for the better of the country. Um, and, and I'll be the first to throw my hands and admit domestic violence and uh, gendered violence is a problem here in the United States as well. Um, our house is, is not much cleaner. Um, you know, we can all do better uh, at this, you know, yeah. but hopefully this lays bare um, some of that. And with the platform that these athletes have, um, hopefully they can get change enacted. I mean, that's really uh, the only way that this this will stop is is to, you know, to to bring it to, to light and then for people to kind of figure out a, a better way. So, yeah, great. I mean, hopefully um, this will be the last we see of something coming um, being as bad as this is. I mean, we obviously know that keeping comments on social media is still a long way to go but 
um, this was way out of hand. This was a person that was following players to their homes was, was really crossing the line from what is, yeah. Um, for what we see every day, it doesn't mean it's right, but uh, there's, there's a huge difference between following someone home and really harassing them um, and writing mean tweets on social media. They're both equally bad, but obviously one endangers a person way more than the other. Yeah. So, yeah, I agreed. Um, I really do think the league was surprised they couldn't do more. Um, again, as you were mentioning, um, Scarlett was backed up by probably the largest institution in Liga MX men and women or at least one of them, uh, which in, in turn is also backed by a huge company, which is Televisa, um, and they couldn't do more than this. So if they couldn't do it, as you were mentioning, it is worrisome to, to think what could happen to uh, other smaller institutions. But still, I think it really opened our eyes to what needs to be done um, for the league in general. I'm pretty sure um, Mariana Gutierrez will take this into her hands and make sure that somehow this is dealt with with authorities. I can't imagine them just closing their eyes and imagining, well, okay, well, it's done. Well, she found somewhere else to play, and we're we're, we're good with that. I'm pretty sure that this is not the last we're going to see of this problem just because um, they're probably going to take things into their own hands and try to figure out how to do this uh, and make sure the players and, and are a lot safer than they are actually in, in present time. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, hopefully something um, on the institutional and legal levels will be enacted uh, to make sure that it, when this happens again, because let's face it, this will happen again. Um, I, I wish it, I, I wish it wouldn't, but you know, I've, I've been around long enough to yeah. see that that's not the case. Um, yeah, agreed. so when this happens again, um, the next time, hopefully there will be things in, in place, processes in place to, to deal with it, uh, to ensure that the, the victims of these crimes are, um, made to feel safe and and see some sort of justice so agree um it's it's tough to kind of segue there's no good way to to kind of go on uh, from that um but i'm gonna try so um club america did um play uh this this past weekend they had a game against tigres uh it was i you know i thought it was gonna be one of the the best games of of the week It, it turned out to have a really um really good ending a really dramatic ending um but I don't know. Let me. Let, what, what was your thoughts on on the overall game? Tigres uh, won one to nothing against America in Monterrey. Um, I have to say that I had to like watch half of the game and like zap between channels because the Mexican national baseball team was playing at the same time um, in the World Baseball Classic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we had never we had never been to semifinals, so I literally saw something that's really rare, which is the entire country rooting for our baseball team at the same time. <laughs> um, and the, the game was at the same time, so I was literally just like like zapping between channels to, so I could see both things at the same time. Um, and then I I I, I, saw, I saw again like the, the game summary for the Tigres uh, Medica match, but um, I have to say I'm amazed Tigres didn't get like way more goals than they did with that uh, with a goal by me official like in the 98th minute because <laughs> that was crazy the way they just kept on going against Itzel Velasco um it just seemed, I mean we came into this game thinking that Tigres could really have a tough time um against America if they lost it would be their worst season um ever because they've never lost four games in a single season and they're up to three right now and we still have several games to go uh, and America was, was I mean, coming in strong, the third place. 
was one of those teams that we were looking at and saying, hey, they, they, they could do it. They could give Tigres that fourth defeat. Um, but I was, um, I was really, it was, I saw Medica being more possessive uh, during the match, but Tigres was way more effective with the, their shots on goal. And there was this terrible um, situation where I thought, oh my God, um, Stephanie Mayor was going to get so injured because it was Eva. Eva Gonzalez mm-hmm. just tackled her terribly and you could see her ankle just twist in ways that are not normal. Yeah. Um, so it was a terrible, uh, terrible situation to see that that play. I even thought Eva might have gotten a red card for that play. To be honest, it just seemed as it was it was just excessive force. Uh, she came in late, and Stephanie was was really struggling, um, and she had to go off the field after that. So it was really high intensity, um, but Tigres really had some clear shots, which I thought um, probably could have given them a larger margin in the game. To be honest. Yeah, I thought Eva was very lucky not to have seen a red card there. I think that's um, another one that if there's far in, in the league that uh, she's probably going off early. That was that oh, was yeah. just a a hard um, hard tackle. Uh, Steph Mayor did come out of, of the game a little bit later. I think she tried to yeah, stay in and play going, through it, but, but yeah, she um, she came out shortly thereafter. Uh, so that's. Uh, you know that's going to be difficult for Tigres uh, heading into next week, and we'll we'll get to that uh, in a bit. But um, if she's unable to go, I think that's going to be that's going to be tough, even from just kind of a mental standpoint, right? Um, yeah. I thought both teams were. I thought they were a little sloppy, to be honest. I thought that both of them were trying to create things, but there was a lot of kind of passes that really were more hopeful than toward anyone. Um, I thought that there was some poor shots, people just kind of taking, uh, you know, just kind of shots because they could, which, you know, sometimes is good, but sometimes it works. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it works and uh, it just, it, it wasn't working and it, it was kind of a problem for both teams. I think, especially in the first half, I think the best chance in the first half, uh, I think Jackie Ovalle hit the crossbar Um but I thought for the most part, both teams really, I don't know if it was nerves. I don't know what it was, but they just looked a little off. Um, the second half I thought was much better. Um, you mentioned Itzel Velasco. Uh, you know, she did come out of this with the loss, but I thought she played really well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she is, uh, I'm getting kind of the same vibes from her that I got from Celeste Espino a couple years ago. Like, you know, she's somebody who really can uh, develop and possibly become a national team keeper in the future. If she if she can consistently perform like that and in a high pressure environment like America, um, the sky's really the limit for her. She's now had, what, two or three games in a row where she's just been kind of lights out. So. It's exciting to watch. It's fun. It's fun seeing these uh, young players coming up and uh, putting everyone on notice that they're that they're as good as they uh, as they think they are. So that's that's always fun, right? Yeah, I agree. Um, and then you know there was the the call at at the very end of the game. Uh, I think it was in like the eighth minute of seven minutes of stoppage time or something like that. Yeah, which um, so many players were criticizing, um, but I actually saw. Um, a tweet by Sophia. Oh my God, I forgot her last name. She's playing in Turkey. Uh, Sophia Moreno. Okay. 
Um, no, I'm mentioning the Varela. I'm sorry. Was it Varela? Sofia Varela? I'm not sure. Um, oh man, let me see. Okay, I'll, I'll look it up. No, it's Sofia. It's Alvarez, right? I think it is. Wait, let me see. <laughs> yeah, Sofia Alvarez. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. Um, she was actually mentioning that the rules state that it's um, whatever gets um, added after stoppage time, it's just it's the minimum you get it's to play. It doesn't mean that the, that yeah, the referee just has to like call the game at that specific moment. So if it's seven minutes and you get to play eight, it's like up to the referee. So it's a minimum of seven minutes. So we That's shouldn't be angry point. that the goal came in at the eighth minute. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, you know, and yeah, I, I thought it was a clear foul. Um, trying to remember who the America player was. Uh, it was number four. Yeah. That um, was, it was a terrible tackle. As, yeah. As well. And I think she knew it too. I was watching mm-hmm. the replays and as soon as the whistle blew, I think she 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 was already kind of like sitting down on the ground, and then she just kind of fell over backwards with her arms out, like she she knew. And, yeah, uh, it was like yeah, she messed up. And Mia Fischel came and ice in her veins just buried it. Right, mm-hmm. uh, there doesn't get doesn't get much uh, bigger than that uh, in front of your home fans, deep 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 in the stoppage time, possibly the last play of the game, and to be awarded a penalty, and she just went up and and nailed it and uh, won the game. Uh, kept. Uh, Kept uh, all three points at home for Tigres. I thought that was a a cool moment. Uh, Mia, and I, I, I want to think about how I want to phrase this. It's it's. I don't think she's having as good a season as she did last year. I think last year her season was just phenomenal. I think she's having a a little bit tougher time so far this season. Uh, but that was kind of something to to kind of show everybody that she didn't go anywhere. She's still she's still right there. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, any any final thoughts on on the game? Um, I mean, yeah, I, th- I think Itzel had a great game. I do think Tigres could have gotten at least another goal. Um, hopefully, they won't miss that goal when it comes to Liguilla. They might need those mm-hmm. uh, that goal differential in case it comes to that because they are now tied with Pachuca in fourth place. I mean, uh, in points, Tigres is fifth because of goal differential, precisely. So hopefully, that won't be something that ends up hurting Tigres, but. Um, again, I mean, we've talked about how the team is transitioning, trying to get um, some of those key players, making sure that someone else is coming up and taking on that position as well, or, th- or that they could at some point. Um, we're going to talk about it in a minute, but there's a national team uh, uh, call-up coming up soon, so you're going to lose some of those players. Some of them might come in, uh, come back, just be a bit of, a bit tired. You might want to give them some like a, a day off or something, and you want to make sure you have players that are ready and available to to cover them. So. We'll we'll see if, if this goes on with Tigres and and again they still have some games to go and let's see if they can keep up um, and avoid that fourth defeat in a single season. Yeah, I think uh, you know beating America uh, while not a rival rival. I mean they're not they're not Monterrey, uh, but you know Tigres is going in uh, to play Monterrey uh, this this week and you know getting a win over a team like America that's great. That's that's a it's a big confidence booster for them. So we'll uh, we'll see if they can carry that kind of momentum into into the game. Uh, this uh, what is it? Sunday? Yeah. Um, it's on the Saturday. Uh, Saturday, yeah, it's Saturday. The Saturday against yeah, Clásico Nacional Friday, Clásico Regio uh, Saturday, <laughs> Friday yeah. and Saturday. Yep. So, uh, speaking of the Clásicos, the the two other teams in in those Clásicos, uh, 
played one another as well. Chivas hosting Rayadas. Uh, that ended in a 2-2 draw. I thought this was a fun game. Yeah. Uh, Rayadas kind of started out like a house on fire and uh, went up kind of early. And I was like, oh, Chivas is in, is in real trouble here. But then they came back and I thought they, were, they had a real good couple of chances to, to pull mm-hmm. it out there and, and, and couldn't quite do it. And it was the first goal by Carly Jamona. I hope I pronounced it correctly. Um, yeah. That was an amazing goal, by the way, like way outside the box, just getting that amazing shot. Um, I don't think Blanca Fix could have done pretty much anything after with that shot, but that was a pretty amazing way to get your first goal in Liga MX. Absolutely. You know, I, I know I was talking about the last game about players just kind of shooting whenever, um, you know, <laughs> and when, when you miss and, and you know, the, then I can complain about that. But when you actually do that and pull one off like like she did, I'm going to praise you on that because, yeah, two things can be true at the same time. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I thought I thought that was a fantastic goal. Uh, and like I said, I thought I thought Chivas started out a little slow. I, I, I thought when they got the set, when Monterey got that second goal that Chivas was in real trouble. I was like, yeah. oh, this is uh this is not going to go well for them. First half down 2-0 as a home team, yeah. a home game. Um oh yeah, terrible yeah. situation for Chivas. That had a that had a real chance to go real poorly, uh but they turned it around. They they kind of pulled themselves together and uh got a couple of goals. Uh I think they actually had one um by uh, I think it was uh, Dr. Torbide that was uh, called offside that I don't think was. I think I remember watching. I have to go back to my notes now and see. But uh, yeah, they they definitely had a goal that was called offside that I thought should have stood. Uh, but it was a real entertaining game. Um, and uh, I think both of these teams will have some kind of positives to take out of it. Uh, I think Riadas going to uh, Guadalajara getting a point in the Akron against uh, Chivas, who has been playing pretty much lights out. I mean, they're really the only team that's close to uh, to uh, Monterrey at the moment. Um, you know, I thought that that's, that's something positive they can take from it. And I think Chivas uh, finding it in themselves to, to come back uh, against, you know, a previously perfect team uh, that had only given up one goal to that point and score two. Uh, that's something that, that they can kind of take away from that as well. Yeah, and um, good to see that Sirema on T-Bikes back on the field as well. That was right. Um, that was good. I was, I was, um, I saw a tweet or maybe it was an Instagram post or something last week, and I was like, oh man, yeah, she's due to come back. And then we finally saw her uh, come in for this game, which is really exciting because she might just get minutes for the Clásico Regio as well. And I mean, we know how um, like hot tempered she is for the Clásicos <laughs> and how much like leadership she can pull, she can have with the team. So. Um, hopefully we'll see her get some minutes in the Clásico Regio. That would be really exciting as well. Yep, yep. She she came on in the 57th and picked up a yellow card in the 68th. So <laughs> very this she, day. <laughs> she's back, man. Uh, no, I I love watching her. She is a fun player. Uh, just really, when you know, when I think of the history of the league, uh, I I don't think the league looks like it does without her. Uh, mm-hmm. So I am. I am absolutely here for her to 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 play as long as she wants uh, because she's still uh, she still got it in her. Um, so that's that's super fun. And yeah, she always seems to take it up to the next level uh, during during the Clasicos. So. Yeah, and we also saw uh, in the previous game in the Tigres America game, 
um, Alison Gonzalez came back um, as well. So that's right. Um, another player that's really good to see back on the field. I we hadn't seen her since January, like like week three-ish. Yeah, it was been it was really a long time. So um, good to see her as well. Again, we have a, a national team call up sometime soon. Hopefully, she'll be in the eye of Pedro Lopez. Hopefully, she'll stay fit and stay healthy. Um, but it was great to see her on the field coming on for for Kati. Yeah, yeah, it's always it's always good when uh, when players get to come back uh, from from injuries and can kind of pick up some minutes here and there and, and get themselves back into the yep. conversation. Um, uh, speaking of players who may uh, miss some time, though, it looks like Carol uh, Bernal uh, picked oh, up. Yeah. She she had to go out in the 82nd minute because of uh, the uh, concussion, concussion protocol. protocols. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the situation that should be monitored. I, I know that they're going to you know, make sure that she's ready to play um, in the Classico, and she may may or may not be ready to go. Uh, so yeah. hopefully... Hopefully she can recover quickly from that. Uh, concussions are no joke, but I am glad to see that the protocol is being used for mm-hmm. for players. Um, you can. I was actually looking at the leagues, um, and if you look at the stats for the game, I'd never seen it before. I, I don't know if they just didn't have it, or they just added it, or I just hadn't seen it before. Um, they have like a red like tag, mm-hmm. and it says like CPC or something. It's like a concussion protocol. Mm-hmm. Um, cambio, substitution or something yeah cambio cambio por, um, pro, protocolo de conmoción so yeah, yeah. I, I just noticed that too i don't think i had seen that before uh that's cool yeah. it's cool that they have that mm-hmm. it's cool that they make note of that because i think that is Im- important um you know for a stats nerd like me like i like to keep track of these <laughs> kind of things so um but yeah hopefully hopefully she'll be able to come back sooner rather than later with uh little to no ill effects uh, yep. f- from from that um, but yeah, that was that was a fun game, and I, I almost thought this was the the most fun game of the week. And, and then I watched the highlights for the Juarez against San Luis game. <laughs> it was a good week, wasn't it? <laughs> that game, that game was nuts. That game yeah. was absolutely bonkers. Um, Juarez started off early with with two goals. Um, Really early goals. Yeah. yeah, it was um ninth or fourth minute. Sorry, uh, Jasmine Casares, and then in the ninth minute, Mia Suazwa, and you're thinking, all right, they're done. Uh, you know, <laughs> the, the Bravalacticas are at it again. Not so fast. Everything and let's go home. <laughs> Not so fast though. Joanna uh, Robles earned a penalty in the twentieth minute and converted it, and then uh, Danny Carandi, uh, I think, was the beneficiary of some. One of the the one of the few times that Juarez really kind of messed up defensively, I think uh, she she took full advantage of that. Uh, but the second half, oh my goodness, uh, poor Jermaine Selposenwe, she had two. She had a goal that was called a beautiful goal that was called offside, and it was rightfully offside. But I don't know if you saw it. She was maybe about a yard yard and a half offside got a pass over the top with her back to the goal kind of stuck her foot out to the side and hit it backwards into the net it was the craziest thing i think i've ever seen um, i didn't look, i didn't see it i also saw the highlights uh for the game uh but i missed that one i'm gonna look it up oh my gosh hold on i'll see if i can send it to you uh it's yeah it's absolutely nuts and then she hit the crossbar not once but twice uh, so, uh, 
you know, Juarez was looking like they absolutely were not going to take the L. Uh, <laughs> and they didn't. Uh, they wound up scoring uh, in the, what is it, like the 88th minute? 89th, yeah. 89th yeah. minute. Blanca Solis uh, uh, got onto a Mia Suazwa, um corner kick and, mm-hmm. and knocked it in for the game winner. And I just was uh, absolutely floored by how fun this game was it was just non-stop craziness and yeah I don't know like I just I love those sorts of games where anything can happen and then anything really does and then happen. it usually does <laughs> and then even more anything happens and you're just like oh my gosh what is going on right now um so yeah it's uh yeah I just I, I love those games so Uh, We're going to take a quick break and we will be back with some more news right after this. And we are back. So the other results around the league from this past week, Atlas won, Pumas won. Uh, Atlas really needed to get all three points at home against Pumas and and didn't get the job done. Uh, They're still in eighth place, but their lead... uh, in for the final Ligia spot has now shrunk. Uh, so they are in trouble. Pumas on the same uh, the same uh, hand also kind of needed to get all three points and they were up early and lost it late. So uh, neither one of them should be very uh, happy with with that performance, I don't think. Yeah, I know we mentioned this like every pod, but um I'm definitely like every time like I, I I eliminate like I mentally eliminate a club because it just seems it's 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 gonna be like it's mathematically possible but not realistically. Now I'm down to like I don't think I think Querétaro is probably like the first team I would see eliminated at this point, um, despite being what was it? It's eight. They're I mean they're only three points away from Atlas, which is eighth place, but it just seems as though. I don't know. I, I I'm starting to see more Pumas being on the limbo of being like one of those teams that could, if they have like a really great like end of the season, maybe get that eighth position. But it just seems as though like the eight teams that are, we currently have like one through eight, it just seems as though, I mean, yeah, I can see Ligia happening like for all eight of them, to be honest. Um, yeah. Well, I think yeah. one through seven are pretty much, and I don't want to say that they're locks uh, because you know. There, there's still a lot of soccer left to play, but uh, you know, the Cruzul always makes it to week 17 <laughs> where like they play for their lives, and like it's just like it comes down to one game. It's it's never like it's it something happens where they don't even depend on other teams at this point. It's only like they have to win that last game, um, which they, they sometimes m- don't, sadly. <laughs> they they might be that. So right now, seventh place is, is Tijuana, and they've got 18 points. And then mm-hmm. eighth place is Atlas, and they've got 13. So there is a huge gap between those two, right? And then between – so that's five points between seventh and eighth place. And then between eighth place, Atlas, and 16th place, Puebla, is five points. So you have Cruz Azul and and San Luis with 11, so they're two behind Atlas. You have Pumas and Querétaro at 10, so they're three behind. Santos and Toluca each have nine, uh, and Leon and Puebla have eight. So I think I think your top seven are going to be in pretty much no matter what. I think 
Atlas and yeah, and... yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't know. Like I, I think it's really going to depend on the schedule uh, and what teams have left. Right. So Toluca seems like they're playing okay. They they just won uh, two nothing against Santos in in uh, Torreon. So you know if Toluca can string a few games together where they're winning, you know, and especially if they've got games coming up against Nakaxa and Mazatlan and all them. That would be an amazing comeback for the Yeah, absolutely. Especially because we thought they were dead in the water after the the kind of troubles that they had at the beginning of the year. And, yeah. um, you know, it but seems the- like, like the reason I, I, I like cut it off after Pumas, despite the, the fact that they have 10 points and the same thing as, as Querétaro is, um, Querétaro has only scored, like they have the same goal differential. Um, they have minus two. But Querétaro has only scored six times in the season, and they've received eight goals. Um, and then Pumas has scored 14 times, but they've received 16. So mm. um, same goal differential, but at least Pumas is scoring a bit more. They're also getting scored against <laughs> even way, <laughs> way more. Um, but I just think that's like a, like easier to – I mean, yeah, it'll come down to schedule, I guess. But but still, it seems as though you have more going for Pumas maybe. Um, if they could just make sure that they don't get scored against. I, I mean, I don't know. It's It's weird. Um, okay, well, well, we just might give Querétaro an extra week <laughs> <laughs> just because. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll have to see. I mean, you know, without, you know, everybody's still kind of in it. There's still, there's still seven. It seems like the season, I don't know, usually the seasons go by so fast because there's only 17 games, but this one seems to be going longer and longer. And I don't know if that's because last year was pushed together and we had like all those midweek games because they were trying to get it done before the men's world cup for some reason. Mm. Um, you know, and it's just, it seemed like it was more of a sprint and this one, we're not getting those midweek games. Thank goodness. Yeah. Um, so, uh, maybe it seems like it's taking longer, uh, drawing out longer. I don't know. Like, but you know, I'm just kind of, I'm still kind of on the fence where it's like, well, I could, I could see some of these teams, even you know, even some of the teams with only eight points, you know, if they can get lucky, if they can get a, a few results uh, to go their way, they could they could still do it. Um, but we'll see. Well, you know, I, I still think there's a, a lot of soccer left to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, teams have to win, right? So Atlas and Pumas tied. Uh, Atlas should feel like they, they should have won that game. Uh, you know, it took a, a last second header for them to pull that off. Uh, in their own stadium. That's not great. Pumas had the lead going into stoppage time, I think. Couldn't hold on. Like, that's two points that they lost. You know, you look at Cruz Azul and Leon, they drew two to two. Uh, Cruz Azul had to kind of fight back uh, for that. So it's kind of the same uh, same situation there, right? Cruz Azul should have, it's a game against a, a weaker opponent. They should have won mm-hmm. at their own building. Um, so they should not be terribly happy with that. Leon, on the other hand, should feel like they let one get away. They had the lead and they could only keep it for a few minutes. Um, you know, until Karim Abud uh, scored that goal. That was a that was a nice goal too. She it was seems kind of. As, it seems as though the teams are having a tough time, like keeping like one or two goal advantage. Right, we, we saw that like for so many games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it happened for Juarez. I mean, they finally got the victory, but you were two goals ahead, and then you got tied. Yeah. Um, and then it happened for Chivas and uh, Chivas for... Monterrey as well. Mm-hmm. So, sure did. Yeah, also it did. happened yeah. uh, for for Puebla and uh, Queretaro. They ended up uh, 
drawing one one happened for Nakaxa and Tijuana too. We were I know we were kind of joking about it, but Nakaxa actually took the lead. Were you were you watching that game? <laughs> I was not. I was following it. Um, but I didn't want to be overly optimistic <laughs> just because I mean Nakaxa has such had such a terrible time during the season. But it uh, it seems as though at least. It seemed it gave me the impression that at least it seems like they they shook things up a bit and they're not as hit by everything that's been going on within the club and everything we've mentioned about how terrible the season has been and when they finally got that victory, um, it seems as though something happened within the team, which is mm-hmm. I'm really happy to see because I mean they face Cholos, which is one of these uh, top eight, top seven teams that we were talking about, and Necaxa two weeks ago, three weeks ago, um, were we're just sinking in the last place with zero points. So again, scoring against a team that is probably going to face Liguilla. Um, I mean, it shows some improvement from the Gaxa. I, for the first time, and I don't even know how long I saw Nakaxa come out and play with confidence. And that was scary. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, you know, uh, when they, I was like, okay, what are they, what do they got? What are they going to show? What, what, what are they going to do? They they're coming off of a win for the first time in a really long time. They're playing another home game, which is which is very good for them. They came out with confidence. They came out and actually took it to Tijuana, and I think T- that may have caught Cholo Semenio a little bit off guard. Uh, to yeah. to be honest, um, I don't know if they were quite fully ready for it. They had to kind of fight back uh, to to come back. Um, uh, Tijuana uh, drew it level and Nakaxa scored again and took the lead. Uh, and then Tijuana, um, they scored again, uh, drew it level, and then got another one for, for the game winner. But at no point in that game was I like, Nakaxa's done. They're not going to come back. Even when they went down, I was like, okay, they're, you know, are they going to get another one? Are, you know, they're going to, they're going to draw this level. Um, they didn't, but you know, having that kind of mental edge, it made them into a whole different team. And that was cool. That was really cool to see. And I, I hope, you know, I'm, I'm not one for moral victories, um, but they should be proud of the way that they played and they should take some uh, lessons from that, you know, go out and play with confidence, go out and, and, you know, with a game plan and and try and execute that plan and be confident that you're going to do that. Uh, Tijuana's a good team, and yeah. they really could. You know, I think Tijuana may have gotten a little fortunate to to come out of there with all three points. Um, and in the end, they struggled, which is, I mean, kudos to Nagaxa for making sure that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's you know, look. It, it, I know we were just talking about, well, nobody's technically out of the Ligia and then technically they're not, but I mean, they've got three points with, you know, just seven games left. It's going to be, and they've, and they've got some real tough opponents coming there too. So I, I'm not going to sit here and say, well, that, you know, they're, they're still, they could still make it. I don't think they will. Um, I, I think that's pretty much not going to happen. Um, but they can start laying the foundation for next season, right? Mm-hmm. They can they can start building yeah. that confidence and that kind of attitude that we're gonna go out and we're gonna fight and we're you know even if we even if we don't win we're gonna make the the other team miserable 
you know? Uh, so, uh, you know, and I, I hope that, I hope they do that. I, I, you know, I want to see all of the teams in the league doing well and coming into games, feeling like they can win and having a shot to win. Yeah. Right. Um, so hopefully they'll be able to to build off of off of that off of these two good performances uh, in a row that they've had. So we'll we'll see. Uh, and then the final game was Pachuca to Mazatlan zero. This game, Adriana the, Pachuca had thirty shots at Mazatlan. <laughs> I kid you not, thirty shots, three zero. I don't know if I should be worried for Mazatlan allowing as many or for Pachuca not scoring more <laughs> both I, I think I think this is one of those cases where where both is kind of acceptable Jenny Hermoso <laughs> had 14 shots um Charlene Corral had eight Marta Cox had five um yeah, it was uh, it was a tough tough night for uh Jennifer Amaro the Mazatlan goalkeeper to say the least um, I thought she played pretty well, uh, c- considering, um, I thought she did well to keep the score respectable. Uh, but you know, if you're Pachuca, uh, you know, do you look at this and go, we were in Can our building, or... <laughs> we were in a building, we were in our building against Mazatlan, who is not having a good season. We shot 30 shots and only got two goals. That's... I'd be shaking my boots if I were Pachuca if that happened. It's like you can't have that happen with a team like Pachuca. Like yeah. I, like like week ten, uh, you're starting to think about Ligia. You're starting to make sure that you're in the top four positions just to make sure you have that home game advantage for the second leg. Um, you can't miss. You can't. You can't have two out of thirty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just, oh man, I I I. I was watching the highlights of it because I was watching the the Tigres America game because that was on at the same time. Uh, so I didn't see this one live and I went back and watched the highlights. And I'm like watching shot after shot after <laughs> shot. I'm like, how many do they wind up having? And the league is doing this thing where they post these really kind of nice like stats graphics uh, on, on their Twitter account. And I pulled it up and I said, 30 shots. That, <laughs> is that right? Is that correct? <laughs> I was going to say, did you, did you tweet back like, hey, Mr. Community Manager, are you sure I, that's right? Or is that a typo? I didn't because I was, I was, it was really late. <laughs> I was still in shock. <laughs> I, I was still in shock. It was really late. I was trying to finish up writing my recap of the game at like 1 a.m. and go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. How did that go? Uh, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I went to bed I, at like 2.30 after the Santos game. <laughs> oh, man. It really sucks because, like, I don't know you, but I can't go to bed immediately after like writing a story. Anything, I'm just like too hyped up. So I can't. I, I'm the same I way. Like wind down. Yeah. I'm the same way. The game ended at, the game ended a little bit after one, and it was it was awful. Santos, Santos got, oh, I forget what the final score was. Like four to one or something. It was not a good night for them. Uh, so finished my story and of course i'm like dragging because it's already way past one i think i finally got it uh filed at like 130 145 and then i'm so tired but like i can't go to sleep yet because i'm still my body's still in that kind of mode yeah it was it was rough it was super (laughs) rough oh my gosh 
Um, yeah. Well, you know, what are you going to do though? Yeah. Um, Again, we are so sorry. Nobody here wanted that. <laughs> I don't know anyone who's in favor of not having daylight savings time because it, it, again, it just, it messed things up quite badly over here as well. So yeah, um, I, for those of you who don't know, we, we now have a two hour difference in Mexico with the Eastern coast. It was, it used to be one hour. It was always one hour. We always knew New York and Miami were only one hour ahead from us. Uh, now they're two. Yeah. Uh, because for some reason we're not having daylight savings time anymore. So and it uh, used, for at least it, six months, this is going to happen. Yeah. There used to be like a gap of like a week, two weeks. Yeah. It, yeah and it was, it was bad, but you, you kind of go, okay, well, I, you know, it's I'll, str I'll struggle weeks. for two weeks and then, then it'll be fine. It'll be back to normal. And now I'm just like, oh my God, there's no end in sight for this. <laughs> and <laughs> there was a bill passed in the house of representatives of the lower house here in the u.s where they were looking to make daylight saving time permanent so the time would stay what it is now oh um, no which i'm in favor of as Except long as our this. friends in mexico and canada come along for the ride please, please <laughs> friends let's let's all do this let's go back to what we, has always worked yeah, I, I wish we would do that as well, um, because it's it's so weird only like being one hour ahead from Pacific. And it, it really did mess up things like quite badly because we were just used to that and having making, making sure that like our website was available for whoever was on the eastern coast. And then if it's quite late, well, people can get on the like making sure everyone had the information they needed whenever they were like waking up. Now that's not as easy as it was before. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Hopefully this will only, I don't know, will change back or. Something will happen eventually. Yeah. Otherwise, it'll be great when, like, whenever it switches in October, I think it is or something. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. I think it's November when, when we switch back here in the U.S. Yeah. Um, that's a long time. I feel like that's so far away. <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> um, I, I, that's that's a really long explanation for me to say. I it was late. I was it was super late. I was super tired and I was barely able to think in English, let alone in Spanish, to tweet at the <laughs> content manager who would probably ignore me anyways. So I just kind of cut my losses and said, Well, I'm gonna I'm So gonna it's not. 30 I'll shots. Just kind of let this <laughs> one slide. Yeah. Again, people, um, someone knows um I don't know, Nescafe, Starbucks, anything. You guys can sponsor Eugene. I'm pretty sure um, he'll accept any kind of donations with any type of coffee available to make sure that this Liga Mex coverage isn't as troublesome as it was last week. Oh, yes, please. Send me all of the coffee. Um, <laughs> I'm, try I, I'm trying to think because Santos plays Friday at Mazatlan, and that's another 11 o'clock start. No, wait a minute. no, no. Well, at least it's, a, it's like Friday to Saturday. Maybe that's a bit easier than like Monday to Tuesday. Wait, they take it back. No, that's that's ne that's next week. Um, that they play not this week. This week, that's right. They're on they're on international break this week. It's it's Friday the thirty first, and they oh it's against the Cox and they start at nine. That's doable. Okay, I can handle that. Who <laughs> I can live through that. Um. Anyways, anyways, I will stop complaining. Um about these things that we can't change um i, I don't even want to look okay if we look into this week's schedule um we obviously have classico uh, nacional on friday america versus chivas um i'm not gonna say what time it is yet 
Um, Querétaro Pumas coming in that day as well on Friday. And then Saturday we have Cruz Azul versus Juarez, Pachuca versus Cholos. I am so sorry, Eugene. The Monterrey <laughs> Tigres game is at 11 p.m. <laughs> Eastern time. I saw that. I was oh. looking at that. I was like, oh, no. Like, Eugene can't catch a break. Oh, it's okay. I mean. And then, yeah, Toluca Mazatlan is on Sunday um, at 2 p.m. Eastern um, at Atletico San Luis Necaxa um, at 7. And then Santos Atlas is also at 7. And then on Monday, you have Leon Puebla at 9 p.m. Eastern. Yeah. Uh, Clásico Nacional on Friday, America Chivas, by the way, is at 9 p.m. Eastern. So you guys can just go ahead and do the math. Yeah, seven seven p.m. local, uh, nine mm-hmm. p.m. Eastern time uh, for for the Clásico Nacional, and then <laughs> nine o'clock local, uh, eleven o'clock Eastern time for the other Clásico Nacional. If that's what you think it is, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I I you know let's uh let's talk. We already kind of ran down the the games for for next week. Obviously, the two cl- the two classicos um, are yeah. going to be fun. Uh, you know, I think we could s- spend an entire hour segment on on those, um, and we can we can kind of get into them. But I wanted to ask, out of all of the rest, which game are you looking forward to the most? Which one do you think is going to be the most fun? Um, disregarding the classicos. It might be the Pachuca Cholos game. Yeah, I was looking at that one too. I think yeah. that one's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think also, I think the Monday game between um, Leon and Puebla could be very good too. They're both two, two, and six. Uh, two wins, two draws, and six losses. So the their records aren't all that great. Uh, but you know, when you get two teams who are kind of at the same level. Uh, fun stuff always seems to happen. So I, I think that <laughs> I think that that one could be a good one. I think also Santos versus Atlas uh, could be uh, could be good too. The Clásico Orlegi. Um, I think uh, you know it's it's kind of do or die for both of those teams, right? Santos needs yeah. a win in order to have any real shot at making the Liguilla. Atlas Atlas just to make sure they just stay in the Guilla position, right? Yeah, they need a win to make sure that the rest of the teams chasing them don't catch them and overtake them. Mm -hmm. Because, like I said, I don't think there's really any, I don't think they overtake Tijuana. Like, I don't think they can make it up to seven. I mean, yes, there's five points, and, uh, but Tijuana's been playing too good for them, I think, to, to really. Yeah, lose that position eventually. Yeah. yeah. So I think really the the battle for eight is is going to be the one to watch. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's been kind of cool. Now that I'm thinking about it, used to be we would watch the top four spots in the league, and that was really always the you know those are those are the ones are like the make highlights. It. Yeah. Those they're going to make it, and then like five through maybe ten, five through eleven is really going to be where the battle lines are, and and who's going to make it in, who's not. And I think we've seen that go from four to five to like seven. And now and now we're at like seven, almost eight teams that are like always kind of in and, and are going to make it. Uh, and then there's like everybody else. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, in a way, that's fun uh, in a way that's, you know, I'd like to to see more teams battling for it. But I think that 
that battle for that final spot is going to be super fun. Yeah. And I was actually, I thought um, this was the, the last week before the international break, but no, they have this week and then they have another week um, before we actually know uh, what players are going to be called up by Pedro Lopez to, to that mini U.S. tour that we now have um, in April. That's right. They play in Bridgeview, Illinois, which is right outside of Chicago uh, against the Red Stars. And then they're going down to Houston to play against the Dash. Uh, that was announced yesterday, I think it was, uh, that the formerly unknown opponent that they were playing in Houston was actually going to be the Dash. I was a little bit surprised. I know we were talking about this earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they announced the friendly that it was in Houston against an opponent opponent to be determined, I was like, okay, well, it's probably not the Dash then because they would have just announced it. Maybe it's another national <laughs> team. Maybe it's maybe they're getting uh, Juarez to come up and, and you know Juarez will play a squad, or maybe they're getting another um, NWSL team uh, to to go down there. Maybe you know I, I would have to check the schedule to see who's playing in Houston the week before, the week after, or something like that. Um, but no, it was actually Houston. They just decided to not announce it. Yeah. Make it exciting for, a. <laughs> we had nothing else coming up on Tuesday. So yeah, <laughs> I thought it was weird as well. I thought it was going to be a national team or something. Um, I even thought, I don't know. I thought it was going to be like Panama or something. And then uh, like what everyone thought was going to be like the obvious choice, um, finally came through. So it is going to be the dash, which brings us to this really weird question. Do we think um, <laughs> the Mexican national team players from the Dash will be called up to play against their own club? Um, if I was Pedro Lopez, absolutely not. I would, <laughs> I would not call them up because I'm going to see them playing anyways. I would use those three spots on other players and have them have them play. <laughs> that's it, that's it my is, answer. Like, it is like a wiser choice, to be honest, because it's, that it's way kind of like cheat. It's kind of cheating. It's kind of yeah. You you're know. getting more players like for your like time available. Like yeah, you're you're getting more like more out of your money or something. I don't. Yeah, it does feel like cheating somehow. <laughs> so the 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 three players uh, with the dash currently: uh, Maria Sanchez, uh, Diana Ordonez, who joined them from the North Carolina Courage. Uh, the trade was announced uh, while I was at the draft. That was kind of fun listening to an entire ballroom full of people go what. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Reyna Reyes, who just joined from the NCAA. So those are those are the three Dash players uh, that will, if I'm Pedro Lopez, I will be facing off against with my national team. Um, you know, like I said, I think if you're these sorts of friendlies are for player evaluations, um, so you can evaluate them the the same that you would if they're on your team uh, or you could bring in three other people to evaluate while well, you're going to see those people anyways. And I think that's the smarter choice, but uh, you know, I am not the national team coach. I don't get to make those decisions. So. I think next week we'll probably have like clear. Um, okay. Wait, if they play. Okay. So we might get the list um, next week. Does, does that mean we get the call up next week? Yeah, right. Because they, they, they could they could usually they could join the camp after uh, playing their weekend games. Ooh, that's interesting. So maybe yeah. next week when we record, we just might not have the list yet, uh, but pretty close to it. They usually get it out like on Thursdays or 
So Ooh, yeah, that would be that would be interesting. I wonder if they would give it out before we record because that would be fun. Mm-hmm. We'd have to get some breaking news music um, or huh. something. Yeah, like <laughs> like like da 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 or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just coming in, breaking news. <laughs> breaking news. Um, no, I, I think it's it's going to be fun. Um, you know, I, we talked we talked last week about national teams playing against clubs and the benefits and the drawbacks uh, to that. Um, I'm I'm happy that they're playing. Um, I think it's going to present a new set of challenges that they wouldn't get playing against a national team. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think my overall feeling is as I'm happy that they're actually doing something. I remember the battle days where they weren't doing anything. Oh uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, these are, these are the days we dreamed of, right? Yeah, I was actually trying to look at the calendar and seeing, um, wait, what 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 days are the games? You know. Ooh. Um. Okay, so yeah, so Houston will be coming off of face. Oh my God, they actually face each other. <laughs> um, Chicago and Houston face each other on Saturday, April first, <laughs> and then they both go and play Mexico. Where are they? Where is that game? Is that in Houston or is that in Chicago? It's in Chicago. Okay. Huh. Interesting. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm. I'm guessing the national team will be pretty psyched to see both of their rivals face each other at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the, um, the good yeah. news is that they'll be able to watch a lot of game tape, uh, you know, yeah. one, one uh, for the price of, or two for the price of one, I guess. Again. Yeah. You can just analyze both teams at the same time <laughs> against each other. So very efficient. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah I was actually, I was going to, <laughs> I didn't expect them to face each other. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's what's going to happen. I mean, they're going to be two weeks in from the NWSL league starts this weekend. So I'm guessing that, You'll, uh, we might still see some um, players like not 100% top of their game like two weeks into the league, right? But still, um, they're probably going to have the entire team available. Probably no one's going to be injured. Um, unlike uh, players coming in from Liga MX will already have like 12 weeks in from uh, tournament activity. Um, I'm guessing we still might not see Alicia and Alison just because they're coming off of um, injuries and not playing as much as we hope they would be. Um, but yeah, probably, hopefully we'll see some other players being called up as well and seeing who starts getting some continuity with Pedro and understanding what that base team is going to look like and what other positions he can start playing with and giving other players, um, some minutes. Yeah. I think it's also going to, um, kind of depend on who is available for the opponents too, right? Because it's an international window. I'm looking at the the Chicago roster right now. Alyssa Nair will most likely be going with the U.S., uh, probably Casey Kruger, Mallory uh, Swanson, uh, formerly known as Mallory Pugh, uh, Tierna Davidson. Um, you know, we got, uh, see who else, Julia Bianchi for Brazil. Uh, Chelsea Dauber for Australia. I don't know if, if she's a regular with them, but there's a lot of players that have the potential at least to be called into, you know, the America camp or, you know, for Julia Bianchi into Brazil. Um, you know, so they, they might be missing quite a few players. Um, Houston may as well. I don't have their roster in front of me. I was a little too slow to type it in, uh, but I would imagine, I would imagine that they would be missing uh, some, some players as well. Uh, so, 
you know, it, it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see um, who's left uh, with those teams. It'll be interesting to see um, kind of how they how they line up. And um, I don't know. I think it's I think it's going to be fun, uh, fun overall. Yeah, and again, it's, it's always great to see the team um, getting these constant call-ups. I mean, we do have now something to look up forward to for the rest of the, of the year um, with the with the Gold Cup qualifiers and all that going on. So, um, again, understanding what the team is going to look like, what's what's that final column looking like, um, what players are starting to make um, a case for themselves and make sure they have that starting position with the national team and who can get called up and start adjusting themselves to better look the system um, trying to get those minutes and making sure they're available anytime he needs them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, we got a, we got a little bit of a, of a look um, during the last window mm-hmm. kind of, you know, just like what he brings. Um, I, I was, I was excited about uh, the games um, that they played in the, uh, oh gosh, what was the name of the, the tournament that they, that they played? Um Oh yeah, um, in Leon. Oh my God. Hold on, I'm I'm pulling it up now. <laughs> um, the oh Revelations Cup. Oh, there we go. The Revelations Cup. I mean, they played three teams that are going to the World Cup. Uh, they beat Nigeria. They drew Costa Rica. They drew Colombia. Um, you know, all three of them are going to the World Cup. Mexico won uh, because of what was it? Uh, the, the oh yeah, yellow card. Fair play. Yeah, <laughs> they they won on a technicality, but they won. Um, you know, which regardless, they they played well against teams that are going to the World Cup. Um, so I was I was happy to see that. I was happy to see just kind of get a sense of how uh, Pedro Lopez is going to play. Um, and now I want to see, you know, I want to see more of that. I want to kind of. We can see other other players abroad being called up as well. Um, yeah, because last time they, I think the only player they called from abroad was, was Kenty, right? Kenty and well, there was two, Kenty and Emily, right? Oh Emily yeah, Alvarado. Uh, yeah, that so we, that was it. Yeah, we could we could technically see other players being called up this season, like this time, and making sure they're available and and just fit. Yeah, yeah, that that's something I didn't even I didn't even consider is that we'll probably see. Uh, some NWSL players, obviously not the ones from the dash. Well, maybe, but I, I wouldn't, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would, you know, I would try to get Katie Johnson into camp. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, if she's uh, got that issue, I think with her visa or whatever it was sorted out. Yeah, her passport, I think it was her. Well, yeah. I mean, unless since we're playing there, I think it's, it's irrelevant. She could be called up and just join the team there in case um, case they wanted to do that. Yeah, she's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, because they're, they're going to be in this in the state. She's with Angel mm-hmm. City um, now, uh, so it'll be interesting to see that. It'll be interesting to see what other players uh, from the NWSL and the international player pool uh, that he can call in. Um, you know, maybe he looks at it like the 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 Revelations Cup was mostly for domestic players in Mexico, and this one will be more for getting players from elsewhere from from abroad to come in and get a look at them um yeah we'll, we'll see that's you know part of the fun of this right <laughs> agreed um we'll we'll see it and hopefully um we'll get that call up um after we record that way we can start playing um trying to guess what players would be called up 
um, before next week. And then otherwise we can just analyze who gets called up and who gets left out <laughs> this time. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm very hopeful. Uh, I'm very hopeful that we have some something concrete to talk about for the next episode. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um. I think that's it for this uh for this episode. Uh any any final thoughts any anything before we bid adieu to our our listeners? Um no, just keep up with the, with the content, follow the hashtag #LigaMXFEMENG. Um let us know who your favorites for the Clásico are, uh for the Clásicos uh this weekend. Um send Eugene some support to make sure that he stays up as late as he needs to. <laughs> Um, and yeah, take your guesses on which players are getting a call up next week as well. That's right. Uh, send me, send me coffee. Uh, but more importantly, like Adriana said, follow the content, follow the hashtags, because at the end of the day, it is our football. Thank you so much, everybody. And we will see you next time.